Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Larry Blake. Hey. So trustworthy Larry Blake, how Ex- are you, sir? Extra trustworthy today. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Very, 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 very where well. We, very, very well. Very, very well. Very, very well. You waskily wabbit. Very well, thank yes, you very okay, much. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm feeling good. Um, my wife and I were going to go to the cinema last night. Mm-hmm. We we're going to go see Fighting With My Family. Mm-hmm. Um, but we decided that it started at 20 to 9, Ooh. which meant that it wouldn't have actually started until 10 past 9. And we thought... Uh, I think I might just go home. I was just quite tired, actually. I just about go for a little sleep. So we went home and we made a curry instead, um, a jackfruit curry uh, with some onion bhajis that we did in our brand new air fry that we got for Christmas, which were pretty good. I think when I need, to, you know, my first time using an air fryer, I need to get used to I it. I don't even know what an air fryer is. So it's basically like, it's like a deep fat fryer where there's no fat in it, or there's no, like, you don't use any oil so to fry fries. the air. Yeah. And so you get, like, you can still make crispy onion bhajis, but there's no oil in it whatsoever. Smell it in my melon, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they were a good. I just need to get used to, like, trying to create a batter that will work for it. Um, so we had that and watched MasterChef. Very good. Oh, mate, it was great. How about yourself? How's your week been? My week has been uh, very busy, but mm-hmm. it's been good. Uh, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Have you got plans on this say. weekend? No, and that's why I'm looking forward to I it. See. I love not doing it. Yes. Uh, Love yeah, it. Like going out, meeting some friends on Friday who I used to work with uh, for like a get together that we didn't have last year. So mm-hmm. we haven't seen them all in ages, which would be really nice. Saturday, seeing some friends in East Dulwich, maybe for a drink or two. Might go to the Horniman Museum and uh, go to, they've got a Lego exhibition where they've Ooh. made various of their exhibits in Lego. The Horniman Museum, for anyone who doesn't live in London, is a, it's a little museum, a little Victorian museum in um, Southeast London. And it was all collected by Mr. Horniman. I don't know what his first name is, but it was all, most of it's taxidermy stuff, and like mm-hmm. he was like very into uh, the natural world. So he collected a lot of fossils and minerals and all that stuff, but then a lot of taxidermy things. The centerpiece of the Horniman Museum is a walrus, uh, mm. like a taxidermized walrus. However, when they acquired the body of this walrus and they brought it back to the UK and they had to taxidermize it they didn't know what a walrus looked like when it was alive 
Right. So you know how to, if you're taxidermizing a dog, you, you scoop the dog out mm-hmm. and you fill the dog full of sand fluff. or yeah. whatever. I don't think it's fluff. I think it's sand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think it's like, the, it's not like Build-A-Bear Workshop. They just get <laughs> like a vacuum full of like bit and just cotton yeah. wool. You put like a little like a yeah. thing in it as well so you can press a button and it makes noises. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, I think it's like sand or grain or something. So there was stuff in this walrus and obviously like, I imagine a walrus skin has a lot of give. Uh, so there's stuff in it and there's stuff in it and they're like, my God, <laughs> this thing is taking forever. But they didn't know that walruses obviously like have a large like percentage of sort of flabby body fat. Yeah. So they just stuffed until it was full. <laughs> this thing's like a balloon. <laughs> and that is like the centerpiece of this whole museum is this yeah. puffed up like whatever it, Wally the Walrus or whatever it's called like it's mental okay I'm just I'm gonna get an image up of this museum You've I can got, never spell the word museum it's so good so yeah that's really worth going to see and then they've got all like they've got much weirder stuff like shrunken heads and uh, the mermaids that people used to make when they used to take like a monkey and a fish and sew it together yeah look that's at him that's the chap look at that guy Man, he is stuffed. Yeah. Yeah. Crikey. <laughs> he is stuffed. So we might go see him, and they've made him out of Lego as well, so they've made two factually incorrect uh, <laughs> versions of a walrus. I do like going to museums where I'm not given correct information. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. best. What You have to take it with a pinch of salt when you yeah. go to this museum and just be like, none of this is true. Well, we'll have some chat about that in the outro portion of this podcast. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, Randy Datsun fans are still looking for a, a name, of course. Um, uh, Bearded Dalton, or Andrew Dalton, rather, has suggested that we give the fans their due diligence and ma- name them after one of the best tag teams in recent history, the Forgotten Datsuns. Oh, that's quite good. That's good. I like that one. Um, Jared also sent an email in says, Hi Luke, Ollie, sexy boy Andy kissing hard emoji. Stop being mean to Andy. He is a hot boy and demands respect. His fans should be called cool people because he's cool and people who like him are cool. Thanks for reading this. I doubt you read this on the podcast. Plus, P.S. This is a joke. Andy is not cool. Goodbye. (laughs) That was from Andy, funnily enough, (laughs) as well. Weird. Uh, uh, Richard also send in a, uh, an email to say hello Luke, Ollie, Laurie and 37 fake doors. you shouldn't call Randy fans anything just like with a small child you shouldn't support bad behaviour you're welcome that's from Rick <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, great uh, also thank you to those who um, back in the day like when I first joined WrestleTalk mm. they started doing this thing where Samoa uh, Triple H had kind of hired Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe to be like his right hand men mm. we were like oh they could be a tag team and I came up with the name the Ultra Units mm. because they're both just units, and but together they become Ultra Units. Yes. And we referenced this on the show yesterday, and I could not re- like neither me or Ollie could remember for the life of us what we called them. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who emailed in to say uh, that it's the Ultra Units, uh, particularly Brandon, who calls himself the guy from Texas who still watches Southland Tales once or twice a month. Southland Tales? Mm. Oh, mate, you should never watch it. It's bad. Um, Another Randy Datsun fan suggestion. This one comes in from Blair. I was thinking of the obvious wrestling-related name for the Candy Fatson fans and was thinking of the Forgotten Datsuns. There's another suggestion for that. So maybe that's what we do need to go with. Forgotten Datsuns. Forgotten Datsuns. He'll hate it as well, so that's probably the best thing to go with. Absolutely. Um, It's my greatest joy in life to wind (laughs) Andy up. (laughs) 
Bless his heart. Bless his heart and his terribly dirty desk. Mm, Jeez. Mucky, mucky desk. We've got a cleaner and it's still not clean. Yeah, he's, it's just a gross desk. Mm. I mean, you so move it's like a te- It's like a teenage boy's bedroom. Yeah. yeah. I might consider moving across the room permanently now. Yeah. yeah. It's nice on yeah. my side. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, let's crack on with the show itself. Talked about a awesome, awesome episode of NXT. But before we get into that, there is a discussion to be had about the future of the NXT Championship and what's going to be next now that Tommy Champa is unfortunately out with an injury. Here's the show. Well, although we are going to dive into the whole show, which I thought was tremendous. Bang in. Oh, man. As perfect an episode of NXT as you can possibly get. Qualo wrestling throughout. Qualo. Storylines advanced. <laughs> matches made. Ah, oh, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But before we get into that, news broke yesterday. Um, I mean, to say it broke yesterday. It was kind of reported on last week by Meltzer in The Observer that mm-hmm. Tommaso Ciampa was injured. And the story at the time was that... Uh, Champa had been dealing with this injury for a while. Mm-hmm. That's why he's only wrestled on five, like really five matches live yep. this year. He hasn't really been doing house shows or anything like that. So he, he's been kind of like reserved. He's not been doing a lot of the house shows. He's been pulled from a lot of the house shows as well. Mm-hmm. With the idea being that this injury is a problem, but he can get it sorted after New York. Yes. That's fine. We'll do Tommaso Champa, Johnny Gargano at TakeOver New York. And then Champ, and then Gargano can win the belt, and Champa can take some time off and get healed. Yeah, have potentially have surgery, whatever's needed. To do. Exactly, yeah. absolutely. However, it then came out later in the week that it was actually a spinal stenosis. I believe mm-hmm. is what Meltzer reported that it was, and that that's quite bad, and that could mean that Champa might be out for a long time. And could be forever. Well, it could be. He's out indefinitely. Yeah. As as of the the current time that we're recording this, the news is he's out indefinitely. But Meltzer said, like, best case scenario, it's six to fourteen months before mm-hmm. he can come back. And then the and then WWE.com confirmed this and mm. said that Champa is going in for neck surgery today, oh. March March seventh. That's a hop, skip, and a jump into surgery as well. Isn't it just? Basically, it was like, we can't hold off on this any longer. He certainly can't be doing any more wrestling matches. He needs to go in for surgery Mm -hmm. now, which leaves the TakeOver New York main event in a bit of a bind. It does indeed, doesn't it? Thankfully, I suppose for NXT side of things, also thankfully that Champa's getting this looked at now. Yes. Thankfully for the NXT side of things, they haven't filmed everything up until takeover new york yet no but they have set the plan in motion unfortunately. Yes. yeah so uh we're not going to go into any of these spoilers for the next couple of weeks worth of shows but they have got another taping set to be done before mm-hmm. we get there so the next set of tapings are essentially going to have to fix this issue where yes. champa is going to have to vacate the nxt championship you could argue Possibly through the angle that shot in the, in the tapings, you could probably buy off the back of that. Yep. But um, so they're going to have to announce that Champers vacate the title, and they have to create a new main event. So the current rumored main event is going to be Gargano versus Adam Cole, baby. Which I'm into. I'm into. Makes sense as well mm-hmm. because you've got Adam Cole, um, and he wants the undisputed era to win all gold this year. So maybe that kind of makes sense sure. in a way. Maybe it does. But um. Man, like you think about poor, like it sucks for Champa, man. It really sucks because, like his last, because his last injury as well, while 
obviously unfortunate, happened to play quite well into the storyline that was happening because actually taking him out of the running for a while gave you more time to build Johnny as a single star yeah, and then have Chamber come back and ruin it. This just kills all the momentum now that we've like... You know, and obviously that's that's part of the problem of having a two-year-long story. That it's nearly know, four years, yeah, really. You get you've got this huge risk element in it that someone could just at any point get injured, and yeah, like he's been injured before, but it actually helped. Here it is, right before the finale, you would imagine. Oh, and this is literally it was the last chapter of this story. Yeah. It's so unfortunate after the killer year that they had in 2018, mm. and how this story has been told. Like you know, over the last four years, like they mention it in this show that these two came into NXT together for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Yeah, you know, so it was a long old time ago. It's when Finn Balor was NXT champion. Yeah, That's yeah. how long ago that this storyline effectively started. Then you move into the Cruiserweight Classic in 2017, yep. and then you've got you know all this and the other. It's just it sucks right now. Mm. right as you're at the very end of this, that it all f- falls apart. Yep. And you've got to wonder that when Gar- when Champa does come back, if Champa does come back, are they going to want to pick up this storyline again? Yeah. Are they just going to drop it entirely? Are they just going to work it within their characters, but it's not, okay, we're just going to pick up this story now. It's been 14 months later. Yeah, see, my big my bigger worry is that WWE will go cold on him because he's been injured once. Yeah, he's injury, now injured injury again, prone, yeah. and they'll just you know, earmark him as injury prone, and then he'll never really get the push he deserves because clearly... He is perfectly capable of being the top guy oh, yeah. on on a brand, mm-hmm. especially with Johnny as a foil, which at least gives me the hope that we could, in fourteen months' time, just replay this on the main roster to Possibly, some degree. Yeah. You know, like we don't know what the landscape of WWE will be fourteen months' time from now. So, like, we might have had a, a huge change. Maybe, maybe Triple H is finally in charge of the main roster shows. You never know. But Vince like, is distracted by the XFL. Yeah, Vince will be distracted by the XFL. Like we might suddenly start and obviously like they had fairly they had enough faith in the NXT guys recently to be like let's just inject them to make the shows better so maybe down the line Gargano continues to get a push on the main roster uh, following finishing off at sort of New York and his whatever if he gets a run as the champion in NXT when that's over gets a bit of a run on the main roster starts to build up a bit of momentum he's just about to get somewhere look who comes back old Tommy C old Tommy C to wreck everything again especially if they build off any angles in which you know some fallout from the Dusty Classic with these two that would have set up a potential uh, takeover New York match like you know that idea that they're going to fall out at the end of this and maybe it's you know maybe it's written in that Johnny injures him. Maybe I don't know. That's like, what I mean. Yeah, and that, you know, and then the vengeance when he comes back, he's got a storyline purpose to come back to. Exactly. Because that's the other sort of like real knock to Tommaso Ciampa here is he's just been called up to the main roster. Yes. Like that is like you finally achieved what you came here to do. Like, that's what makes me even sadder though. It's, it's like sucks so bad. But it's but it's it's you know like like you were saying at the beginning. It's like his NXT career this year has been five oh five big matches, but yeah. very good like great storytelling great angles awesome just showing up and doing stuff and then he gets called up to the main roster and within two you know within two weeks he's got three matches under his belt four matches under his belt but on the main roster he's only had two yeah so he's two matches now so he had the oh yeah the bar one so it was one week wasn't it yeah yeah, so he has two matches back to back and then he's magically injured yeah it's like oh great and there's been no mention of them since like 
Tommaso Ciampa was on stage for the Ric Flair beatdown, like for yeah. the Ric Flair birthday thing, but like was never made mention of. And Gargano was just backstage with Shawn Michaels randomly. Mm. So it like, even feels like because Ciampa's now injured, they've stopped with going with Gargano on the main roster as well, or they weren't sure what to do with him with all the NXT stuff. To be and... fair, that makes sense to me. I would I would stop talking about Gargano. <laughs> if if Champa got injured, I'd stop talking about Gargano because Gargano probably needs that belt yeah. for a bit. Well, that's the that's the key to this now, isn't yeah. it? Because we wanted to talk about like who could possibly replace Tommaso Ciampa as the new NXT champion. Do they go down this route, the, the rumored route of Gargano and Cole at TakeOver? Mm-hmm. Um, New York or do they go a different route where do they go through from there because in theory we've lost Gargano to the main roster we've lost Alistair Black and Ricochet to the main roster as well mm-hmm. so those are three of your really tippity top guys gone but is Gargano going to stay in NXT are they going to kind of ne- like renege on that main roster call up mm. keep him in NXT and you know keep him there to kind of bolster that that main event scene just while the, I think, just while I think there's potential for that, just while they finish off building the people they were building, because yeah. I think clearly in their heads as well, they were sort of building Matt Riddle to seem like he was that character, the next guy to kind of step up and take it, and then they obviously second guessed themselves and went, "Oh no, we'll do Champa Gargano one final time, finish all that off." Riddle goes for the North American, mm-hmm. and then that seems like what we're building towards for Takeover New York, right? Yes. Riddle and Dream, especially from this episode. So who is beyond Cole and Gargano? Because Cole is just perpetual main event player. He doesn't really have to do anything to maintain that mystique. He's he's over to such a degree. Yeah. That like really, you could probably put any member of the Undisputed Era into that main event scene. They like so, I was, mind, no. absolutely. And I was going through like the list, and I wrote down Adam Cole, and then I thought to myself, you could easily do Kyle O'Reilly as a singles guy in the main event. You could easily do Roderick Strong in the main event mm. scene. Like it's, it's so simple to do because they're all massively over. Cole is probably the most over of the four, so that makes sense to go with him. Yes, but I certainly wouldn't mind like a Kyle O'Reilly main event of a takeover going for the title. Mm. And wouldn't mind it at all, mate. So I've, I've gone through, <laughs> Sign me up for some of that. So I've gone through the list of names. Go on. Um, so Adam Cole, obviously. And then there's kind of these other bubbling guys they've been working on, like uh, Dominic Dijakovic, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. Possibly there's even a room here to start to elevate the dream. Mm. Push dream into that sort of main event status. If you're not calling him up to the main roster then give him a year on top in the main events mm. uh, for the NXT Championship. And the other one, which is slightly more of an outside yes, choice, um, yeah. <laughs> is Jackson Riker. Yeah. Because clearly NXT are kind of all in on the Forgotten Sons at the moment. They've got some plans for them they that have got... don't involve Jackson Riker wrestling at the moment. But right. Yeah, like... So, like... If you're gonna, if you need some of these singles guys, like Riker is something they clearly like, because they were giving him all those squash matches to kind of build mm. up the Forgotten Sons. Maybe he is a guy that you could. I don't. He's not over enough to straight away put him in there. No. But I think there is certainly room within NXT for him to have a takeover match at some point. Yes, like, definitely. A takeover match for the title. I mean, at some he could point. be. He's like a sort of Lars character where he's not like massively over but he just he does the right thing for the right person at the right time and Lars was that for Alistair Black like yeah. it was just like here's this insurmountable force oh you kicked him in the head okay. yeah sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like like if Gargano wins the belt at uh, take over mm. New York 
Like, Jackson Riker's not the worst person for him to have a first feud with. Just, like, you can get a win over Jackson Riker and just, mm. like... I, I, granted, though, though, I would think that's almost like the Daniel Bryan, that when Daniel Bryan finally won the belt, and they're like, and now you're facing Kane. And yes, I was like, yeah. oh, I was kind of hoping for something a bit better. Yeah, well, like, uh, even... But if Cole wins as well, like, Forgotten Sons and Undisputed Era feuding to keep that... That's right, you know, yeah, Faction Warfare. to keep that title is quite a good... Angle mm-hmm. and the Forgotten Sons seem to be improving from this week's show. Yeah, as we've seen, like it's it's I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the safest bets are Gargano and Cole, just for like if you have to impromptu make a takeover quality main event match for the NXT Championship, those two guys. However, I'm also not against them going. Well, do you know what? Like these two guys, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, that is a four way match for the title. Oh, like, you know, mate, yeah. The, do a ladder match. Yeah, absolutely. Do a ladder match. Like let's let's have another like North American title ladder style, match ladder style match. event yeah. that will just steal the show and yeah, just absolutely, yeah. absolutely bring the house down for your biggest event of the year. Man, yeah, like a seven man ladder match yeah. with like Gargano, Cole, uh, Dijakovic, Lee, uh, Jackson Riker. Like yeah. you'll probably put him in there because like, that's like, a lead. That's and even like someone who's like sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there, but like on. someone else who was like is possibly in the mid card sort of things. I like, put like. Only Lorcan in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if they're knocked out of the Dusty Classic. Mm. So, like, put only Lorcan in there. He's not going to win, but he can do some, like, big, crazy spots. Yes, Because yeah. that's what he does. Bit of Humberto Carrillo. Well, perhaps. Just <laughs> flippity doos. But, like, I think that's, that's the kind of match that says to me, we don't need to build this. We don't need weeks and weeks to do this. But if you just go, well, okay. It's now going to be a ladder match for this title. People will suddenly go hurt. So, so, yeah, pardon, sorry, what? Pardon, it was a One match. more time. And you, you just know that it's going to be a spectacle, but it doesn't have to have loads and loads of story going into it. Yeah, like, yeah. It just has to be this mad thing that happened. That's a great shout. Especially mm. like William Regal comes down and is like, unfortunately, we've lost our NXT champion. Oh, he's had to re- wrong. He's had to vacate the belt because he's got a very bad neck. He's got a horrible but back. But we're going to have this ladder match and it's going to be bloody terrific. And I'm going to have some of the best stars from the NXT locker room. And then they all come out. We've and gone all down like, Robert Dyer. So we've got the biggest <laughs> ladders we could find. And then you have them come out. Adam Cole being like, you know, I've, I won the North American Championship this time last year mm. in a ladder match. I've got prior. Blah, blah, blah. I think that's a much like it's, it's and you can whack Ricochet and Black in there as a farewell tour, absolutely. like you know, it does because it just means that these people just end up on the card mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, it, just in a massive spectacle. Yeah, like, I think is, that's a this great is my idea. best idea that I can come oh, up with for this. It is a tremendous idea as well. Okay. Doff the hat to you, sir. Oh, dig, dig, dig it, dig, dig it 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, but before we get out of here, we have got some $25 and above pledge oh, hammers that we need to shout out. Starting off with Killer Chris Phillips. Yes, yes, sir. Infinite Crisis Chris Jenkins. The master of the hammers. He's a sexy man, not an Andrew Grossman or Grossman. Let's have a drink. Christopher Travis Merriman. He is a merry man. He's, He's a, a merry, merry man. man. Very merry man. Switchblade Courtney Summers. Ooh. One of our longest running pledge hammers. Dot, dot, dot dive? Yep. Dylan Kashita. Yes. Dot, dot, dot dive. They drew blood. For, mm, they drew first blood. Not me. Grace Chris. Rambo. Yes. You sold out. Jay Sellers. No, you just bought in. Yeah. <laughs> and Jonathan, the headmaster, Headman. Yes. And one last one. Stay hyped, Kyle Rowley. Yes. Yeah, stay yeah. hyped, my man. So the show opened with this awesome video package mm-hmm. that was all about the Dusty Classic. And it was making me, I was sitting there watching this and I was like, there's a reason why people like this tournament. It's because this tournament means something. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get these sort of video packages for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. No. Yeah, sure, it's something we do every year, yeah. but it doesn't mean anything. Oh, but it might as well just be called the Something to Do <laughs> Battle Royal. <laughs> to like, get you on the card, <laughs> Battle the, Royal. The things that are happening, yeah. Battle Royal. Exactly, because, like, Baron Corbin didn't exactly get much out of it other than getting a main roster caller, mm-hmm. but didn't, like, have a storyline coming out of it. Cesaro, this is, I think Cesaro won it. He got nothing out of it. Big Show got nothing out of mm. winning it. Matt Hardy got nothing out of it from last year. Was it the or Bray Wyatt? Whatever it was. So, like, none of these winners... Mojo Rawley, like none of these guys get (laughs) anything from winning the Battle Royal. But when you show a video package for the Dusty Classic and you show like Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, Mm. you know, were the inaugural winners. And now you look, okay, Finn's the IC champ and Joe's the uh, US champ on SmackDown. And then you've got the Authors of Pain who have had a main roster call up and unfortunately got an injury at the moment. But they've been Raw Tag Team Champions and the Undisputed Era. And you're like... Like, this means something. Mm. People want to win this tournament. And there are angles spinning out of it. And there's, exactly. there's long-term storytelling oh. going on. When you had Champa being like, where it all started. Yes. And you have that clip of them making their NXT debut within the Dusty Classic. Mm. You know, with Champa with his little mohawk and things mm-hmm. like that. And you're like, oh, there's so much history around this. Yeah, I was st- Stoked for this episode. It's, but it, you, you also, like we were saying the other week, it's just like you know that when you're getting the Dusty Classic, all you're getting is weeks worth of great matches just happening. Oh, and we got Are that they, here. Yeah, I like the fact here they were just like, let's just do all that. <laughs> 
Now else. So there's always this idea when you're doing a tournament, it's like, well, you don't want to do too much in your first round. You've got to Aaliyah back in the closet. We've got Dusty Classic this week. You've got to, like, you don't want to do everything in your first round. You've got to build to your semis and your quarters and your what have you. And then you do your big block for the final. This apparently. Forget it. Forget it. Like, let's, like, the first match in this first round tournament was Ricochet and Alistair Black versus the European Union, which may end up being one of my favorite matches by the end of the year. Mm. I loved this match. This was wicked. Oh my god, it was so good. But it was everyone doing everything at like full speed. Like we've seen Alistair Black on the main roster doing his like he he's doing that same combo all the time now, the roll over the back, yeah. knock him down, run off the ropes, kick him in the head. Here it was at least like one like twice as fast. Oh it just went yeah. everything it just feels like everyone's like more confident in the ring at full sail for oh. some reason. I don't know what yeah, it, is, it is, but it's weird, just like, yeah. there's just a bit more just like, let's just go for it. Yeah. Like if you'd have debuted Black and Ricochet on the main roster with this match or like these two against <sighs> mm. the Revival and just let them go out there and have, like, cause it was like a 10, 10, 12 minute match. Yeah. Just go out there and have this match on Raw. They would be superstars. Mm. Like absolutely. Like cause the crowd would go, they would be like quite at the start, but it'd be like the, the Revival Bobby Roode Chad Gable match quite at the start, but then they start to get into it and start to yeah. get, and the same thing would have happened here. You do that on Raw, you do the same thing on SmackDown. Instantly, they're massively over. It's one of those things, yeah. The NXT, I think it's just a thing that the NXT guys seem to have, and it's the same thing we say about uh, Birch and Lorcan. I was going to do your Lurch and Borkin (laughs) thing, but uh, it's the same thing about them when they were facing the Undisputed Era. NXT guys have the ability, if you give them enough time in the ring, to turn up and go, we'll make you know who we are. Oh, yeah. And it it just seems to be the way these matches run. And, like, you know, you can go, oh, well, the European Union appeared a couple of times, unless you're watching all the you know, all of NXT UK as well, you probably don't care too much. But by the end of this, people were like, oh, they're great. These guys are fantastic. One of my notes for this match is in all caps, this team is amazing. I love the European Union so much. And it was at this moment when... I just love the real European Union. (laughs) Sad to see it go. Yeah, yeah, well, let's not get into that. (laughs) But me too. Um, (laughs) This moment when, um, like, Bartel tosses Ricochet into Eichner, who just catches him in this suplex. Like, he was nothing. Like, I know... Eichner's a freak. He is a freak, right? Mm. And he does this big suplex, which ruled instantly, quick as a flash, Bartel is through with this amazing tope. And then before you know it, Bartel's... No, uh, Eichner's up, doing a tope, uh, a, a diving springboard moonsault. Like, this team is incredible. Yeah. I absolutely... We said this last week as well. This is the most stacked Dusty Classic where I want yeah. every team to... Well, the part of the Forgotten Sons, I want every team to win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want more matches. But I think we should have done a round robin. Like, I would have been much... Oh. Ha- if we'd have just had a round robin, oh, yeah. I would have been much more into that than this, like... Let's not do first round elimination. No. Let's just oh. do everyone versus everyone. And then whoever's got yeah. the most points goes through. Oh, now you're talking my yeah. language, mate. That would have been rad. And then we could have forgot all the storyline going into <laughs> TakeOver New York. But it would just be like, look, sorry, we did... Yeah. Five weeks of Dusty Classic. Yeah. Oh, man, it'd be great. Anyway, this match was just awesome. Like, so many awesome near falls. Hot tags are plenty. I thought Black was great. I thought mm. Ricochet was awesome. But I was so, like, bowled over by Eichner and Bartel. I thought they ruled. Well, I mean, if that's the, that's the cool thing. If these if tag teams like that are going to travel, if, you know, you've got Mustache Mountain coming over and you've got the European Union coming over... That is brilliant because that, again, like we were saying, more things traveling between the different brands, especially 205 NXT and NXT UK because 
Vince is less precious about what happens there in nope. general. Yeah. So why don't people just ping pong around? Because it makes people care. Yeah, totally. You know, like seeing the European Union here, I'm going to be like, I want to go and watch all the matches they did in NXT UK to see right. up to the same standard because these guys are fantastic. Man. And then you find someone else and then hopefully they come over and you're like, oh yeah. my God, now I'm fully versed in all of the WWE lore. I am so in on uh, on this European Union. And actually, I'm going to give a shout out on this episode as well. My low-key MVP of the night, granted this is all fed to him, but my low-key MVP of the night was Percy Watson. Because mm. he gave two really good points about to the tank teams. I, for, I forgot what the other one was, but it was in this match. He, he compared Black and Ricochet to the very first winners of the Dusty Classic, mm. Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. That's two guys. Shout. Yeah, two guys who aren't a tag team, but they've been put together or they've they've joined forces to, to be in this tournament because they want to be a part of this tournament. Percy Watson just saying that, being like, hey, you know, the first winners were two guys who weren't a tag team. So mm. they they could be this year's Joe and Balor. And I was like, that's a great point. Yes. It's a great shout. And it doesn't but it doesn't devalue any of the other players no. because like it made sense with Balor and Joe because Balor had already like Balor was champion at the time. He was it? champion at the time. He yeah. was champion at the time and Ricochet's been North American champion. Black has been NXT champion. So yep. they're just like, of course, when they join forces, they're going to they're become going... more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> they're going to form like Voltron. Yeah, that's fine, it. Yeah, mate. there's a Megazord. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was awesome. Black, and like, it really didn't damage the European mm. Union either because Black won with a black mass from out of nowhere. And it yep. really was like, almost felt like a desperation black yeah. mass by Alistair Black. I thought it was, I thought this was rad. And it, oh, that was crazy little combination oh, oh, so good if you haven't watched this match go out of your way to see it i so i've got a, a, a word document that's like my favorite matches of the year mm -hmm. it's just easier for when we do the end of year lists for me to, i've got something i can I go back to about this rather than being like what happened when was this i've got a document of being like what matches i really loved and i'm just gonna I say ray andrade <laughs> when we get to that time yeah, next totally. year. pick one um, and this match went into that list. Mm. Ah, I don't think it'll end up being in the top ten because there's pay per views and things like that. And the corner, really exactly. Yeah, like so there'll be loads of things that'll knock it down. Mm. But for now, this is one into that list. Loved it, loved it, loved it. We see backstage Mustache Mountain from NXT UK warming up backstage, and the War Raiders sort of approach, just standing there with their belts, looking cool. And then we've got a recap of Keith Lee versus Dijakovic from last week in that awesome match. A match that was so good, Ollie is now watching NXT. Yeah. That's how good that match was. That match. <laughs> that That's match. Uh, and then we get a clip from earlier in the week, we see Lee at the Performance Center kind of like, you know, doing his, some bits and pieces that they do at the Performance Center. Headlocks. Headlocks and whatnot. And uh, Dijakovic walks up and he wants to finish the match right there. It's like, there's a ring. Mm. There's a ring. Let's just finish this now. And Bukenhagen is there to kind of separate them. Obviously, I knew there were other people there, but I was like, Bukenhagen's here. <laughs> I was like, oh, Boogs is here. Lovely. <laughs> Excellent. This is already the best episode ever. Um, uh, and they announced that Keith Lee versus Donovic. No, Dominic. Dominic. Dominic Dijakovic will take place in two weeks' time. Yes, please. Yes, I'm hoping that that is a, another no contest. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too, I mate. I want it at TakeOver. Oh, yes. I know we just said we want to put them in that ladder match. But transition it into the ladder match. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, just and you can imagine as well of those two just constantly trying to have a stare down and people stopping them. Oh, so like you have like Lee and Dijakovic, and then like Adam Cole starts fighting Lee, and someone else starts fighting Dijakovic. Mm. You fight them all off, and King Kong and Godzilla face off once again. 
This is this is yeah. This is a feud that could run and run, like yeah. of just matches that don't finish. Meaty matches. Yeah, like big meaty matches. You've got at least four in there, I reckon, before they yeah. have to actually have a pinfall. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, and this is actually the other uh, great Percy Watson call, because it came in our next match between the Forgotten Sons and Lorkin and Birch. Mm-hmm. Um, this was, I mean, it, it, it was the worst match of the four, but it was still really, really good. This was yes. the best the Forgotten Sons have looked mm. uh, in NXT. By leaps and bounds, this is the best they've ever That's looked. That's some new moves. Yeah, right? Uh, but the great call that Percy Watson put over, and I love this little detail. He said the Forgotten Sons are the only team that trained under Dusty uh, Rhodes. Ah, yes. What a great call. Because mm. everyone else is new. Yes, They're all yeah. shiny and new, but these guys have been here for you know donkey's years. Mm. So they actually trained under Dusty Rhodes. So for them, it's really important that they win because they've got that connection to Dusty. I thought that was a great call. And just a wonderful bit of character for these two guys yes, yeah. in, in this tournament. Yeah, it makes it yeah, it just makes it matter to them. I think yeah. that's the that's the key with this stuff, is like he, those tiny little calls that he manages to do, like as the third man, your ability to chime in is obviously very limited. Yeah. Okay, so being Basically, able to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all he does. Jeepers! <laughs> like, but like, being able to say something just very, like, just cut through with something very pertinent, obviously elevates you slightly. Mm-hmm. Percy's obviously proved himself to be very good as the second man as well. Uh, a couple of times when people have been off or ill or whatever. Yeah, he's fantastic. I like Percy. I, I, yeah, I, I, he's not as good as Morrow or Nigel, but like, like we said with this match in in the he sort gets of the less first round, the talking. Yeah, exactly. Why. But also like as. Saying this match is the worst of the four doesn't say that this is the, the worst match of the lot because this was a really, really good match. Mm. I, I thought this was a really, really great match. Um, the only thing I didn't like in this match was with the referee really elongating tag. <laughs> Every time there was a tag. I don't know why. It just it really just got to you me up. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Stop tag. saying it like that. Um, they had some really good back and forth. Like uh, only Lorcan was my favorite part of this match. Like his back was being worked over. So when he, there was a great uh, moment during this when Lorcan had been worked over and his back was really hurting. And Danny Birch finally tags in and Danny Birch runs wild. He's like, London. And then he Whoa. runs wild a little bit. And then he tags Eichner back in. And you've got Nigel on commentary going like, that's an error. Like that's, yep. that's a mistake. And then they it, go for the elevated, the spike DDT yeah. thing, right? And it turned out there was an error because Lorkin couldn't do it because his back was hurting. Mm-hmm. And then you have later on, like the match still goes from there. You have Lorkin doing his like bad back comeback, mm. where he was doing his wicked running uh, uppercuts and his big flip dives or whatever. I thought he was wicked in this match. Yes, I th- the bit where he like I know it's a, a spot he keeps doing where he just goes chop crazy oh, on yeah. people, but here. Oh, they stung. They were so rapid as well. Yeah. Just, ah! He's great. He's been training under Bruce Lee. He's so good. There was a wicked spot for uh, the Forgotten Sons as well when uh, Blake uh, hit a power bomb. It's like doing a buckle bomb. But you had Cutler in the corner mm-hmm. lifting his knees up, like yes. jumping up and putting his knees up. So you had like, it was a power bomb to the knees. And then that led into the finish. It yeah. did, yeah, because they hit their finish, which is like a sort of reverse DDT foot stomp, like off the mm. top rope thing. Um, crowd weren't massively into the Forgotten Sons winning. No. I think they really wanted to see Lorcan and Birch advance. But, yeah. you know. They can. Yeah, but they're the, sort of, they're the sort of people that will bounce back. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think they're just over, like, they're over enough at full sail that you can just do whatever you like with them. They Pretty can just much. be filler. <laughs> lovely, lovely filler. Lovely filler. And to show how good of a program NXT is. When sometimes you say, like, two hours just isn't enough. Mm. Three hours sometimes just isn't enough. This was a one-hour show where mm-hmm. you had four either 
excellent matches or a really good match, and yet you still had two segments in this show that furthered storylines and set up matches for TakeOver New York. True. Like, you had time to do all of this. Mm. It's very easily done. If you keep the chatter down to if a you, minimum. <laughs> yes. Yeah, indeed. that's yeah. And if you and if you have the luxury of not having to put your ad breaks in the middle of matches, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but this was that segment because the Velveteen Dream came out and he was there not not to do a celebration speech, but as he's about to talk, bro. <laughs> and the crowd go, "Oh, hello." Oh, yeah. Matt Riddle versus the Velveteen Dream. Excuse me. <laughs> Is that my interest being piqued? It's, I think it might be, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's like, my tummy's fizzing. He's just like, oh, Matt Riddle comes out and he's just like, look, bro, I'm not here to like rain on your parade. I just wanted to get a closer look at that North American Championship. And now I have had a closer <laughs> look. I think it'll look really good around my waist. I thought this was awesome. Uh, yeah. And then Velveteen Dream being like, honey, the spotlight terrible clear <laughs> uh, and then the spotlight does come and it's just like it's always on me mm. I thought Dream was cool I thought Matt Riddle was cool and that is a match I am because what talk about a clash of styles mm. of like Riddle versus Dream I can't even imagine what that match would look like no I'm excited to see what they managed to come up with right yeah the, yeah because it's yeah it's the bits where like you'll do the classic like most matches are one person's doing their thing other person gets in control they do their thing it's the bits the back and forth bit is the bit mm -hmm. i can't wait for oh, it's yeah. like we have to blend these two things together now and mm. just see what happens and hope it works yeah <laughs> yeah i am it's either going to be a hot mess or it's going to be fantastic it's, it's probably going to be fantastic yeah it's like the uh, rvd and sabu versus lucha brothers match yeah. at uh, united stand has every chance of being the best match of the year yeah. but also has just as many chances to be a train wreck mm. <laughs> And then and Sabu will cause that train wreck. <laughs> With an actual train as yes, well. Yeah, he will. We're all going down together. Uh, and speaking of storylines being continued, we've got a backstage sort of promo segment with Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane mm -hmm. talking about Bianca Belair. And they Io brings up that she's beaten Shayna Baszler. And Bianca Belair hasn't. You get clips of Bianca, you know, being sort of snubbed in the, the six woman tag. Well, not being snubbed, but like kind of being outshone. Yes. And she does her undefeated shtick. And Io then cuts this promo in Japanese. Mm. And it wasn't subtitled, but mm. I knew what she was talking about. She yeah. was like, you may be the EST, but I'm the best. I'm literally the best. I was I'm the number best one. in Japan. I'm the best yeah. in Japan. I'm number one. And they're having a match next week. And I want to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Io Shirai is great. She's awesome. I also love Kairi saying, saying that Io can easily beat Bianca Belair by then grabbing her hair. As if to mock Bianca <laughs> Belair. <laughs> I thought she was wonderful. I like I annoying like Kyrie saying oh. when she was trying to play with Bianca's Bel yeah. Bianca Belair, ba Bianca's Bel hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderfully, like, get, off. Yeah. get off me. Wonderfully cute, Kyrie saying. Mm. Oh, she's kawaii. Mm, she is. She is indeed. Ultra kawaii. She is ultra kawaii. Uh, then we got more first round action for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic as the Street Profits, or as I've called in my notes, Streep Profits, mm -hmm. uh, taking on Mustache Mountain. Bit of a dream match, this, mm. I thought. Like, I, I, was, I was thinking, that's a bit of a, that's a match I really want to see. I'm glad I get to see this now. Yeah, I feel like the whole Dusty Classic, apart from sons i was gonna say the lost sons I've forgotten what they are already <laughs> the lost boys yeah the lost boys um but yeah like i think the whole dusty classic was just like 
or any combination of this is oh, fine yeah. with me. So that's why I really like your round robin tournament idea. Yeah. Um, but this was this I was should lo- book things. You should. <laughs> yeah. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed Montez Ford screaming while he's got a neck crank on. Just going, <laughs> ah! <laughs> Montez Ford is great. What was the balaclava and the crown about? Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was trying to work out. I was like, what? What is that? What what is this? What, why why is this happening? But I do know uh, one thing that I very much enjoyed, or two things. Mm. Dawkins like spearing. I can't remember which member of Mustache Mountain it was now, but this wasn't like a Roman Reigns spear where you sort of like you pop into it, or like a Rhino Gore where you just cut someone in half. Mm. This was Dawkins just driving them to the matter, being like, "No, you go down now." <laughs> it was literally. It was a rugby tackle. Yeah, I'm gonna just power myself into this. I'm putting all my weight down. You go, <laughs> you fall down to the mat, and that was then followed up by. What a flip dive by Montez Ford! Oh my god! It took the lights out, like as mm. he was, like as he went up and flipped round. Oh, he just does it off no run up though. He just yeah. goes, "I've just got springs for this." <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, spring shoes! <laughs> go go gadget shoes! <laughs> it was so great. And actually, there was a moment when uh, Street Profits hit their like big Montez Ford frog splash. Mm. I was like, "That's it. That's the finish." Yeah. I even, I knew who was going through, and I was mm. like, "That's the finish." And uh, yeah, and you had um, uh, Bait kicking out. I thought it was awesome. Yes. Really, really great. And then you had, like, the finish saw um, Seven do a dragon suplex on the apron to Montez oh, Ford. Oh, God. And then... Shouldn't be allowed. Right. It's the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> and then, oh, delay German suplex to Angelo Dawkins. Nom, 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 nom. Mate, <laughs> give it to gimme, me. Gimme. The way he lifted him up. And you're mm. like, well, he can't go any further. And he just pops his hips. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Loved He's it. freakishly strong. Hit a double team move and they won. Really good match. Gutted for the Street Profits, though. Yes, uh, but I do feel like Mustache Mountain are the right. If you're going to fly anyone in, mm. those guys. I'd say so. Yeah. I'm, I'm gutted because I really felt like they were going somewhere with the Street Profits. Like they were the ones who had that promo a couple of weeks yeah. ago. They were the ones who, not turning heel, but were showing a more aggressive side in the ring i'm not sure we really got to see that here no so i'm, I'm gutted for them in the tournament i think yeah i think but i do think we just this is all delay until after we're we are in halt like there are plans here mm. and we're holding here yeah and perhaps. actually it makes more i think it almost makes more sense for mustache mountain to sort of go through and get closer to the finish because then these guys can sort of quietly drop off the radar for a couple of weeks while we build these things mm-hmm. And then they can come back afterwards and be like, oh, yeah, that's us. You remember us? Yeah, remember us? You like us? Yeah, you like us. I do a funny dance. Mm. (laughs) I do a funny dance. And then in the main event of the show, it was hashtag DIY versus the Undisputed Era. In a match that when you see that written down on paper, like DIY versus Red Dragon, Mm. and you suddenly think to yourself, I didn't think we would get this match Mm. because DIY are very disparate people. they, they They hate each other. They're feuding now. And then you, this match happens. You're like, ah, oh, this match is happening, and it's gonna like. There's one of those things where I was like, I'm not gonna take any notes here. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit back and yeah. and and what take this all in. I might watch it again tonight. Yeah, and there was this awesome, awesome moment to just start this whole thing off. Mm. So Gargano makes his entrance, usual entrance. He's got his usual tone. And then no one wish to survive. Champa comes out. And he walks down to the ring and he's holding Goldie. And Johnny Gargano looks at the championship. And Champ, as if he knew that was going to happen, was like, I'm going to distract him now. And he just points to the back. 
and the DIY music mm. hits. The DIY Titan Tron comes up, and all of a sudden, Johnny Gar- Gargano's like, "What championship? I'm going to be a tag team now." <laughs> DIY. <laughs> I love those t-shirts. And it really felt like, and it was like, oh, Champers, he is a genius. Like in a kayfabe world, <laughs> mm. oh, what a brilliant little puppet master that he is. Ah, uh, just, and also, how nice to hear the DIY music again. Oh, like the re- like the reaction to that mm. music. It, oh. it was like everyone couldn't couldn't get their tongue to work fast <laughs> enough to be like DIY, oh God, DIY. Oh my God, the music's back. <laughs> I this was a. Just a stroke of genius in terms of this overall storytelling mm. and the way that this kind of like is this ri- like riled the crowd up? Yes. Who are going to be into this anyway? Because it's DIY versus the undisputed era. Of mm. course, we're going to be massively into this. But it's just like it was so great to see them back together. I'm ignoring that Raw and SmackDown match. It was so lovely to see mm. them tagging together in full sail. In full sail, yes, quite. And this was just a really, really, really great match. Really, really good. Yeah, match. there was some super cool stuff in oh, there. Oh, yeah. There was the uh, the the wheelbarrow DDT into a wheelbarrow suplex type thing. Yeah. Oh man, that uh, was so cool. Kyle O'Reilly doing like double underhooks and then cartwheeling them into another double underhook suplex. Like yeah. how the man does more things that I'm just like I just like sim- such simple the bits where there's a bit where he falls back on the middle rope. Yeah, and he bounces up. And he gets pushed away again, and he falls back on the bottom, bottom rope, rope, and he bounces back up. Somehow, still he does the same does, thing. He just does like tiny little things. Like, I love Kyle O'Reilly's uh, the getting back up to fight and yeah. falling down again. Like <laughs> he does it so often, and I love it every single time. He is just great. I would happily just look at like gifts of Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. silly moments. Oh, mate, him hitting himself with a chair. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, there needs to be more confirmation. There needs to be confirmations. Confirmations. There needs to be more confirmations in the world. (laughs) There needs to be more compl. Why can't I say the word? Compilations. Compilations. Thank you very much. There needs to be more compilations of Kyle O'Reilly face. Yeah. Like just Kyle O'Reilly face and Kyle doing his little weird things. I would be very happy to see all of that. I just thought this was a really, really good match. Some really good striking combinations oh in that that moment you were talking about then. And then, not to be outdone, Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode, uh, Bobby Fish hits a top rope Mishinoku driver. Yeah, that was the note I just looked at because I was like, what else happened in this match? And I've just written down that whole sequence. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. Mate, top rope Mishinoku driver and then a diving knee by Kyler Wright. And this is where you really felt like DIY are in trouble here. Yeah. And the Undisputed Era have just got this in the bag. Yeah. And yet, and they just sort of kept firing back. This was our first time seeing Champa work as a baby face mm. in NXT. Um, like, for a long, long yes, time. yeah. And it was really, really great. Well, so that was it. So, yeah, it was the, the Mishinoku driver, the diving knee, pinfall, yep. kicks out, transitions straight to an arm bar. Right into it. And then a diving headbutt. And yep. then Gargano f- manages to sort of break it up by pushing Fish onto O'Reilly. Yeah. Oh. My God. So, so good. What a sequence. Absolutely great. Yeah. I, I thought this was just awesome, awesome stuff. And then you had... That uh, and the other moment is before that that I really wanted to, that I just loved was when Champa was going to do his slingshot spear mm. and Kylo Riley catches him into a guillotine. Oh, oh yeah, Gargano's spear. Yeah. That was that's yeah. Did I say Champa? Yeah. I didn't mean Gargano. Yeah, that was so so cool. Uh, it was just really really great stuff throughout all of this. And then in the end, they did the meet in the middle and DIY win and they advance. Mm. 
Really, really cool stuff. Like that they're doing like sort of the spike DDT and a slingshot DDT as like a setup move. Yes. So yeah. you like, like to play off each other. I thought it was a really nice spot. Mm. I thought it was just really great and a really nice way to kind of cap this off. And then at the end of it, they're like, hey, guys, it's the semifinals next week. And I'm like, well, I can't wait for next week's show now. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and we got to see like, yeah. And that was the thing you got to see at the end. Champa raising Gargano's hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then he's... Gets it. So he raises Gargano's hand, and then the referee brings Goldie over, mm-hmm. and he's like raising his hand. And then he's like, <laughs> <laughs> over here. There was this look on Gargano's face where he thought, "I can't believe this works. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe we're actually tagging together." Well, and the, I'm quite happy about all of this. But that's the thing. I think it's the smart move. If this is gonna, you know, it's either gonna succeed or fall apart. I, I know you know what happens. Mm. I know what happens. But like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna. If your choice is eventually to break it apart, the best thing to do is have the first round go swimmingly, mm-hmm. like and just be like, "Look how good it is! Like, look how amazing it's! It's the perfect bit of storytelling to go like this. All goes right now." Yeah, and then if things do go sour, it feels even more like we were making a go of it, man. Like yeah. it was working. So yeah, I thought this was as perfect an episode of NXT as you can possibly get. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just great, great wrestling. There were segments that furthered storylines, and the storylines themselves, there were other storylines that were furthered within the tournament. Yep. I thought this was a cracking episode of NXT. Yeah. Well worth going out of your way to see. I thought it was awesome. Particularly that opening match between Black and Ricochet and the European Union. Holy heck, I want to watch it again. This email comes in from Neil, who says, Hi, Luke, Ollie, Laurie. Nope, can't think of anyone else. I recently donated £20 to a game on Kickstarter, which is about a wrestling RPG that's due to be released later this year. Upon donating, I was tasked with creating a boss character for the game. Obviously, I had loads of ideas, but there was one that really stuck with me. I really like what you guys do, so I decided uh, in homa- to homage you guys, uh, I'll make a boss character out of all of you. He wears a lucha mask, like Laurie. He has a beard, like Luke. Wears a leopard jacket, sexy jacket, like Ollie. Wears a white and black t-shirt that says talk, has big muscles, and is classified as a heavyweight. His boots are red and his trunks are blue. The red and blue color combination is based on the WrestleTalk logo and is given the name The Silencer. If you're interested in a short backstory, please continue. If not, keep up the great content. Kind regards, Neil Stewart. So, uh, uh, the only thing I'm disappointed there is you didn't provide a link to what this uh, wrestling RPG is. Yeah, what is it? How can I play it? Yes, um, and I'm too lazy to look into things on Kickstarter because I... I mean, I haven't even read the wrestling RPG already. Oh, (laughs) I've not looked into the one you got me. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Yeah. Although I might actually uh, look into that now because I've just finished my uh, latest book. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm close to finishing. I'm like you know ten or so pages out from reading it. Uh, It's a book called uh, How He Man Mastered the Universe, Mm -hmm. and it's an entire history of He Man and the Master the Universe franchise from like its toy inceptions through to the stuff we did with Filmation, the Dolph Lundgren movie, and then like the the revivals they tried to do in the '90s and the early 2000s. Uh, and the the reboot film and things like that. It's very very good. My God, niche. Yeah. Oh, oh that that's what I'm I like. reading. The Hound of the Baskervilles. Apparently. <laughs> so. Oh, a proper book. Oh, a proper book for proper people. <laughs> Uh, this email comes in from uh, Lita. Uh, she's Australian. Greetings, thank you. Uh, greetings, Luke, Laurie, uh, Pete, and Never. Hang on, let's try this again. 
Greetings, Luke, Laurie, Pete, and Never Randall Keith Katzen. Greetings, guys. I was wondering what is the best way to learn D&D. My friends and I have been trying to learn, but I have no idea where to start. What podcast apps or YouTube channel would be great for three total beginners? Also, I was wondering if I could bug you with media production questions, as I have no idea, and I've just been accepted into teaching secondary teaching. Thanks again from Australia, Lita. Uh, so... I don't know, man. What do you think? D&D starter set is actually very good and uh, breaks the rules down to a very basic level. There's a lot of there's a lot of YouTube channels that do... I think uh, Wizards of the Coast do their own, like, how to get into D&D player series in which they've got a very experienced dungeon master running a game for complete newbies, which runs through sort of all the rules as they come up. But the cool thing about D&D is, like, it's a pretty chill game. So if you, as long as you get get yourself... Uh, the starter set, you don't even need a player's handbook at that point to be able to play. You just yeah. need the starter set. So if you get the starter set, it will explain all the rules. One of you needs to read it, and the other two of you just need to be characters and sort of know what they do. But you can read everything off a sheet as you go, which is the cool thing about it. Like It's it's a very reference-heavy game in the sense that like something comes up you don't want to do. Look in the book. The answer is there. Yeah. And if not... Just do whatever seems the most fun. Exactly, yeah. I, so when when we started playing it, like I, uh, I hadn't really played it much. Like I played it when I was a kid. Yeah. But that was like you know, years and years and years ago, like twenty plus years ago. So a, the rules have changed drastically since then, anyway. But also b, I was a child and I really know. Mm -hmm. So playing it now, we kind of all got together. I think the majority of the group that we had were all D and D noobs. Like none yes. of us had played the game before. Even our, you know, our DM is the first time he's DM'd anything. Yes. Yeah. So the starter set is very good at kind of walking you through the game. Of like, you need to do this and you need to mm -hmm. do this. In fact, actually, it's almost so basic to the point where our DM George said like, there's almost not enough information in there for me. Yeah. Like, if you ask me something, I don't have anything to go with. But I think that's also why the starter set is designed that way. So you, as a DM, yeah. have to improvise things. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. like when you're asking what's on the table, it yeah. gives you like a thing that's on the table. But yes. you, you know, you might just have to make up a whole table's worth of stuff. Or like, exactly. is there, because a lot of the stuff that comes up in D&D &D is actually very flexible. The idea of like, you know, you might, your players will always go, I want to look for this very specific thing. And, they, and it's not anything you've ever mentioned before. It's not the magical gem that you've set up that they're looking for. It's not ammunition for any of their guns. It's like, I just want to find a perfectly round stone. Yeah. And for whatever reason it will be, you just go, yeah, sure. Like, mm. you, you go a little bit away. It takes you 10 minutes, maybe. Like, just set a time limit on however long it's going to take these things. Chances are you'll find them as long as they're not like, I want to find the Sword of Dragon's Bane. Yes, exactly. You know, as long yeah. as it's fairly common, then it's fine. And then you just work with what, just let them work with what you've got. And D&D Beyond is a really good resource mm. as well because that will, like, characters, you'll get given character sheets in the starter set that you can work with. But then once you've got out of that, D&D Beyond will essentially create character sheets for you and kind of yep. like do all the math and kind of remove that element of it, which some people say is probably the more fun aspect of it. But if you are new to it, it's a good way to just get a character sheet going. Yeah. Um, and I'd also recommend as a YouTube channel, Talking 20. I've got some really good videos on there. They kind of, they give you kind of detailed videos on how to play each character and how to RP characters yeah. and things like that. So I'd very much recommend that channel. I'd give it a go watching uh, the first series of... Uh Xavier Woods rollout as well. That's a very, yeah, like a lot of the that's guys. The start set, yeah, well. a lot of the guys playing that haven't played before, so a lot of the rules are explained as they go. Yeah. Like it's just it's just a very useful like watching other people play is obviously a good way to do it. But the best way to learn it is to just play it yourself and you find out what you like about it. And a lot of it is improv, so yeah. just go with the flow. 
Yeah, that up. And up. you'll end up. Uh, you probably end up having a great time. Exactly that up up down down video that Woods did uh, with Ember Moon, Tyler Breeze, and another one of the NXT guys. Mm. Um, that's that's a really good way because Ember Moon's like an experienced D and D player. Yeah, but she's arguably the worst person there because she acts like a knob throughout mm-hmm. the entire time. Well, they've just started season two now as well, so like they've now got uh, Aiden English. Alexa Bliss on the cast as oh, well. Oh, cool. So, yeah, um, up the number of people. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I might give that a watch. Because uh, I actually watched the first episode mm-hmm. of it. I didn't watch the rest of it. So it'd be really cool as well because uh, as we've played through that campaign as well. So it'd be yeah. cool to see that. And uh, Wizards of the Coast are also doing... If I'm you're sure a... they do it much better. <laughs> Probably. We were quite bad at it. Um, oh, but... no, that village has burned down. <laughs> oh, no, that village has burned down. No <laughs> villagers are left. Yeah, oops. Um, uh, and Wizards of the Coast are releasing a new version of the starter set. So if you're a fan of Stranger Things, ah, they're yeah. releasing a Stranger Things branded starter set that's about... It's the the stories that mike was creating for the show like in the in the show's mm. world all the campaign stuff that mike had written uh, combined with the starter sets that's wicked and i mean if you want to, yeah and once you get past that sort of initial starter point i think if you want to see if you want inspiration for how to do the best D game that you can possibly do watch critical role yeah it uh, yeah. is unbelievable yeah, yeah it's voice actors at the top of their game wholly committing to their characters while a dm who is a machiavellian genius runs a campaign with multi-layered stories going on. They just did a Kickstarter this week to make an animated uh, short mm-hmm. of the show. In the first 20 minutes, it made $500,000, which was their goal. In the first three hours, it made $1 million. Overnight, it made $3 million. They're now making a series. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to do a quick search for them. Uh, it, yeah, it's nuts. Like, the, the level of fandom that they have as well. That's the cool thing as well. Like, they, they have such a huge, broad, wide-reaching fandom that you'll meet people from being a fan of Critical Role. That you could, Like, the anime that we had in this week doing bits and bobs for us. Yes. Chatting about Critical Role to him, and that's why we're mates. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Critical Role, where have we got to? Yeah, Critical Role. It's currently now at uh, 5.8 million. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that... which Two equ- series. Which uh, equates to 4.4 million. And it, the number's going up as I'm looking at it. So uh, 43,000 backers Not for so. them. Absolutely nuts mate but anyway that is all we've got time for on the show we didn't have time to get into your 80 percent facts but we'll try and do that on the saturday show because oh laurie blake's going to be joining me for the saturday yes, show i am hey. um, ollie is yeah i have no idea where he is he's yeah, he's been a bit of, made a bit of a disappearing act Ooh. but i'm sure it's fine um so yeah we need to think of a topic for what the saturday show is going to be but we'll certainly talk about it we'll also have your crap gimmicks and mailbag questions but that's all we've got time for today thank you so much uh, take care i love you goodbye Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.